All right, so you have been uh, really into uh, going to the movies lately. Okay. There's this uh, new thing, uh, Lanolax Films uh, has started putting out this, uh, this new uh, concept, and it's changing the game. Um, basically, uh, it's uh, like films from like alternate realities where uh, actors who passed on you know, iconic film roles are cast in it. So okay. there's like the the Matrix where Morpheus is um, Sean Connery and like Neo is uh, Will Smith. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. The only problem is that Sean Connery is so old that he can't like kick. So all of his fight like choreography is just punching. And like halfway through the movie, people are noticeably like, "Why the fuck is this guy just punching?" Like, it's, you know, it's a little bit weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's strange. Yeah, and they and they call it the real Matrix. The real Matrix. And so you go to watch it, and it's fucking, again, it blows your mind. So you, you start going to these films a lot. Okay. Um, one of them, uh, it's uh, as good as it gets. Okay. But um, it stars um, David Schwimmer oh. and, Rosie, and Rosie Perez. And it is fucking, <laughs> as, it, it, it's as bad as you think. Is Jack Nicholson be. still in it? No. No, never. And so... Um, Who's Greg Kinnear? Oh, Greg Kinnear is played by David Spade. <laughs> what? Ooh, man. That sucks. Was the director, like, dared to only hire guys named David? <laughs> I mean... That's it's, directed, it's directed by David Fincher. Oh, oh whoa. This is yeah. a David Fincher take. As on, good as it as gets. Good as yeah. it gets. Okay. Um, there you. Is it good? It's fucking terrible, dude. Oh, man. Uh, there's one where it's. Um, uh, what's, what's that movie? The, the Breakfast Club? Yeah. Classic. Yeah. It stars uh, Lil Bow Wow. As which one? As like the uh, like the, the the tough guy who goes like, uh, give me a box of cigarettes. Yeah, uh, yeah, what's that yeah. guy's fucking name? Uh, Bender. Tough guy. Yeah. The uh, the nerdy guy is played by. Uh, it, they do like a uh, like a gender swap thing for it. Uh huh. So it's uh, it's also played by Rosie Perez. Rosie Perez getting a lot of work in in the alternate She's, universe. In the alternate realities, yeah, sure, her uh, her star shines bright, yeah, and, and it continues to shine. Like they they did a uh, Stranger Things in that in that uh, reality too. <laughs> yeah, but the, instead of Winona Ryder, it's Rosie Perez. Oh shit! Yeah, it's good. It's interesting. Okay, yeah, yeah. Why, why wouldn't it be? I'd I'd watch it. I'd love to see Rosie Perez in in more stuff. Yeah, so Rosie Perez uh, is in uh, that one, um, and then there's like the uh, like the spoiled uh, character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, also Molly played Ringwald. by Rosie. Yeah, Molly Ringwald is also played by Rosie Perez. She has multiple roles in this one. She plays a few roles. Yeah. Really? Okay. So stuff is like uh, pretty intense. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's a pretty it's actually like kind of fun. Like you enjoy going to uh, the movies again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You had a bad experience the last time you went and you vowed you would never go back to see a, a movie 
you know, in the movie theater again, but you you broke that promise like you've broken so many. <laughs> what do you mean I had a bad experience? Like it was, it was like people were talking or like it was like a bad. I've had to sit through some bad movies and that sucks always. Uh, you killed a kid? What the fucking what? So um, you were uh, watching uh, the newest Man. Avengers. Yeah. You're watching, yeah, so you're watching uh, the newest Avengers, except uh, in this one, uh, Thanos is played by Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> okay, all right. Everything else is exactly the same. Man. Uh, and, you, and you're watching it, and uh, they were this, uh, you're kind of just sitting there by yourself, you know, watching yeah. it. You invited uh, your friend, uh, Danny Palumbo. He didn't show up. Later on, you found out he was hit by a car and died. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. The only thing found in this pocket was a gift card to the Darden Family Restaurant Group. Danny. And a skull in the upper right-hand corner. <laughs> so you're watching the Avengers. Do I mourn Danny's and, death? Well, I, yeah, I mean, later on. At, at this point, you don't know where oh, he is. You're, you're, actually just, you're actually kind of mad at him. You tweet right before you go in, man, fuck Danny Palumbo. I hope he dies. And then you sit down in the movie no, theater and like- come on. Two, uh, you come out a couple Are hours you later. Are fucking kidding me? People are like, what the fuck, Aaron? Are you kidding me? It shared 7,000 times. Is my, my Twitter blow up? Dude. <laughs> it, yeah. Man. Like, your, your your phone, like, starts to melt because of all, like, the <laughs> the reaction you're getting. Yeah. And, like, it was 7,000 earlier. And, like, when you checked on it, like, two minutes later, it was at 1.4 million. Damn. That's a big, yeah. that's a big pop. Of, yeah, the biggest. Yeah, you gain sure. you you gain three followers and lose sixty. Yep, I'm not good at Twitter. So people are pretty annoyed. So you're sitting there and you're like uh, pretty annoyed at these fucking kids, right? Because like there's kids in front of you and they keep talking, and you're like, "Hey, shut up!" And like they just keep going. And finally, you get like so mad, like like, like you go to talk to the manager. And it turns out it's like the manager's like uh, like nephews. Yeah, there's two of them. So, yeah, there's two of them. Two kids just chattering away. One their, of them, like, what are their names? Doesn't have a sh- um, there is uh, Brandon and Brendan. And, uh, <laughs> no, Brandon and Brendan. Yeah, seriously. So, um, anyway, so he's not really he's not paying no mind to these fucking kids. So you just kind of get you're like, fuck this, I'm gonna leave. And you get up and like you throw um, a uh, like your the chocolate bar that you're eating at the kids. I would I would not do that. That is so far out of character. But you're just so mad. Normally, like uh, you wouldn't do that, but you're so mad. Also, you're pretty annoyed that um, uh, uh, Star Lord isn't in this Avengers movie for that long. Like you're pretty pissed. You're a Star Lord guy. I do like Star Lord. So you kind of just like throw it. You're like fuck you guys, and it bounces off Brandon's head and hits Brendan. And it turns out that uh, Brendan is allergic to chocolate. He's allergic to chocolate. Yeah, Why he would explodes. They, he explodes. Why would they bring you to a fucking movie theater, Pat? People have, you know what I mean? People have like raisinets and shit and a crunch, bunch of crunch. You know? I mean, they probably, yeah, they probably figured no one would throw chocolate at them. Yeah, but, but there's, you know, probably, there's probably like traces of chocolate everywhere. It's probably not. Probably figured a, a 35-year-old man wouldn't throw, you know, candy at a, at a child, but you do. Man, and fuck you see Brandon and Brendan and their, uh, their uncle or aunt, whoever it was I talked to. Uh, yeah, uncle. Uncle, uh, I don't, I don't need to know. Brando, Brando, 
So um, the kid explodes, and you're like, what? Explodes. And then, yeah, the blood gets everywhere. Yeah. And like the kid, uh, Brendan, like kind of like looks at you. Yeah. And you look at him, and you go, and then you start to walk, and then uh, there's so much blood on the floor that like you're like you're uh, this making sticky sounds when you walk away. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then you turn to him, and he's like kind of traumatized, and you go talk about a sticky situation. Yeah, there's one other guy in the theater. He sees the whole thing. He just laughs uproariously at that last joke. He's like, "Holy shit, you should be a comedian." So uh, what ends up happening is uh, you decide like you don't really want to go to uh, see uh, you know movies inside actual theaters. You know what I mean? Because your experience. Um, yeah, it turned out like um, child. Yeah, you didn't get in trouble or nothing uh, because in the state of California, if you talk during a movie, like you're allowed to take, you know, extreme measures to stop them. It's a law they passed. Yeah. In in 20, uh, the beginning of 2020. They passed a law that says fair game on anybody who talks in a movie theater. Yeah, you could get you could get killed. And there's it's sort of like having like diplomatic immunity in your in your own country that like seems no trouble that seems so irresponsible it is but you know that's another reason why you don't like going to yeah, see them it wouldn't live. be safe to see a fucking movie anywhere pat because all somebody would have to do is say hey i heard them talk and then they would kill me and then there'd be no fucking recourse yeah your head is like on a swivel when you go dude that sounds awful that sounds like the worst possible movie going experience why would i subject myself to that ever again i would just stream everything it's all available online you know I'd find it well, all that's, on the That's internet. what I'm saying, is that after a while, you realize, like, it's sort of silly that I keep going, you know, to see actual movies in the movie theater because of, you know, the danger. Yeah. But I just feel the urge, like, I, I, have to, I have to see it. I can't just sit idly by anymore. I have to see these alternate dimensions. You movies. have to see it to believe it. So I go to Lanolax Films... Well, no, they uh, they they just put the the movie back out. You just go to like a regular movie theater. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, okay, gotcha. You went to this place called uh, Slappy Joe's Movie Emporium. Slappy Joe. S- some say that his spirit haunts it to this day. His name does. That's a shitty fucking name. Slappy Joe is still like alive, but there are people who swear that they've seen his ghost in there. Like it's it's very odd, <laughs> and he's like, I, "It couldn't be me." He's like, "I'm alive. I'm in great health. My parents are still alive too. They're age ninety nine. Like I, I, you know, I'm a healthy guy. Don't yeah. worry about it." But like several times a week, people see his ghost there. He's uh, screaming at them in a, in a language they can't quite comprehend. It's the language of the dead. Jesus Christ. So there's a lot of interesting stuff happening in yeah. movie theaters. So uh, you've been going to, to a lot of them lately. Uh, and uh, you come out and you're like, man, I'm feeling a little a little peckish, you know? Yeah. You think to yourself, I could go for something to eat. Yeah. So you decide to go. There's this uh, diner in uh, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. It's called... Um, it's called... On the sunny side, and it's uh, they specialize in breakfast, specifically sunny side up eggs. But you can get pretty much anything you want. But that's their specialty. Um, yeah, and like when you go there, 
um, there's like a sign, you know what I mean? That says like it flashes and it's a, um, it's supposed to look like a, uh, a sunny side up egg. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Those signs yeah. where it's like they flash the light at you or whatever. Uh, it is as bright as the sun. Like there are people who, um, it gives off no heat. It's just so bright that there's people who like, when they look directly at it, they can go blind. You know what I mean? That, then that's fucking dangerous. Yeah, but the eggs are worth it, dude. So you go there, you walk, uh, even with your eyes, even with your eyes closed, you can still like kind of see where you're going. <clears throat> that sounds horrific. That sounds like a hazard. It's it's horrible. It's 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 honestly really bad, and you feel terrible. But then when you walk inside the sunny side, it's almost like you're taken back to like an earlier time. Oh no! You know what I mean? It's almost like you're taken back to when you were like a, a young man in a, in middle school. You yeah. were in a a barbershop quartet <laughs> called the called the Lonesome Friends, and um, you guys were like pretty good to be honest with you. Yeah, and you kind of like remember like it's the first you remember like the first time in your life that you're like 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 you made the arrangements of these songs and you guys would go out and play and people fucking loved you guys and you were like the lonesome you think to yourself, friends like, the lonesome friends and you would think to yourself like man. This is the first time that I felt like proud of something that I created. You know, you're like, think about this, guys. You said to the, to the other friends, the lonesome friends, you go, guys, think about this. When we woke up this morning, this melody, this song didn't exist, but now it does. Isn't art wild? And they're oh, like, fuck. yeah, Aaron. They're like, it totally is, dude. Like, like you're this is when I was. This is when I was a child. Yeah. I was the leader of a barbershop quartet called the Lonesome yeah. Friends. Yeah, and they were like kind of like sycophantic to you and stuff. Like they, they all wanted uh the lead melody, you know what I mean? Kids did not like me when I was that age. I wasn't like commanding <laughs> the attention of other children, Pat. Well, I mean, hey, you're not, but your fucking voices and those goddamn arrangements. <sighs> okay. Sounds like Gil Evans. You know Gil Evans? What? He was a collaborator with Miles Davis, and he was also an arranger. And uh, there are some, like, like your music teachers, like Aaron, these are as good as, like, Gil Evans. My music teacher's got a boner for Gil Evans. Loves him. Yeah. He actually has his face painted on the hood of his car. <laughs> and when he honks the horn, it goes, Gil, Gil. <laughs> <laughs> He has a tattoo of fish gills on his neck. <laughs> no, fuck you. No, he, he has. He, he loves Gil Evans so much that he got gills tattooed on him permanently. His name is uh, uh, Charles Gilstein. And so he is like this. So like, you know, this is high praise. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, you're kind of like reminded of that. Like uh, one time you played a gig uh, at a amusement park at a Six Flags. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you guys were, you know, singing your tunes and stuff. You're yeah. singing your one song uh, that you wrote that day. Uh, you're like, um, come on, boys, come on down. Come on to my solid town. We'll drink some coffee and have some fun. And then I'll kill you with a gun. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill with a gun. Yeah. I'm a homicidal man who wants to kill with a gun. A shop bop, bop a doo wow. And um, you remember like singing that song and everyone just kind of like looking at you guys like that's fucking weird. Yeah, that's that, fucking weird, Pat. 
that was kind of an experimental part of your uh, writing career. Yeah, really into Frank Zappa. Oh no! That, so but um, I, did I get out of it? Some people oh, never. Yeah, some no. people never get out of it. No, I know. You move on. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's good. And so um, you. Uh, you're singing that song. People are kind of like listening. They're kind of like, what the fuck? But a couple of them are like tapping their feet, dude. And uh, you're because like the arrangements. It. Yeah. This one, this one guy goes, he kind of looks up from either this guy sitting and he's, he just has like a fucking 40 in his hand. Yeah. And he's clearly drunk as shit. And he looks up and uh, he goes, I haven't heard arrangements that tight since Duke Ellington and his orchestra. So, like, people are paying attention. I'm thankful uh, for that very drunk man's praise. I'm very thankful. So, so much so that, uh, like, the people aren't wa- really like, paying attention to their jobs. And, like, a roller coaster goes flying off, like, <laughs> what the fuck? Off the track, and, like, 12 people die. And you're like, uh, good. So, you're kind of remembering these. So, that wasn't, you know, the best memory, but you kind of push it aside because you have so many great memories with these guys. You know yeah. what I mean? The and then, uh, friends. The lonesome friends. So you okay. sit down, and uh, your regular waitress comes over, Matilda. She's like, uh, "Here you go, Aaron." Like she knows exactly what you want. What you know do what I mean? get? You get um, some bacon. Okay. Biscuits and gravy. Oh man, it's gonna be a heavy <laughs> breakfast. I can already tell. But the main part. Of your breakfast. Yeah. Are those two sunny side up eggs? You look at them and it's almost like you can hear like a, a, a chorus of angels. Yeah. They got black pepper on them or anything? The blackest pepper you've ever seen in your life. Jesus you look Christ. at that black pepper and you think to yourself, you, you realize you know madness for that brief moment. It's almost like you're looking into the abyss. Yeah. And it's not quite that the abyss is looking back. Yeah. It's that the abyss is you. Well, you, fuck. You, you, you go, thanks, Matilda. And she goes, no problem, hon. She kind of like winks at you. Like she clearly has a crush on you. You're trying to like come up with the nerve to ask her out, but you can't. I'm into Matilda. She's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Um, That's like the story of my life. Sure. You know? And you kind of think that to yourself as you uh, bite into that sunny side up egg. And all thoughts of Matilda are erased. Because this is, without a doubt, the best breakfast you've ever had in your life. Yeah. You bite into that egg. And it is perfect. Oh, God. You think to yourself... If Jesus Christ came in, no, I'd tell him to get that, get that egg. That's what I would tell him. I wouldn't like ask him questions. No, I would just say, "Hey Jesus," and I'd get the sunny side up eggs. That's probably what he's coming for. That's how good it is. And to be honest with you, it's probably why you never actually ask that woman out because every time you That's bite true. into it, your memory is like wiped away. You know what I mean? Like you just forget the last like two minutes. You know what I mean? Well, that so like, you kind of don't even uh, think about it. You don't and then burn you burn the place, you know? right? And then every day when you go in, you see her and you go, 
you know, it's crazy that I've never asked her out. Like, we clearly have a connection. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just never remember it. No, because those eggs are to die for. Jesus and you Christ. think to yourself, someone probably has. That's yeah. how good these fucking eggs a are. A chicken. That baby chicken's life. And uh, she walks over it's and an she uh, she goes, well, Aaron, um, this uh, no charge is on the house. She goes, this is actually the last time that this place is going to be open. What? It's our last day. She goes, yeah, we, um, there's, we have some kind of like zoning problem or something. She goes, we need to win. She goes, we need like at least $100,000. She goes, and we just can't afford that. That sucks. And you go like, oh, no. And she goes, so you know what? This is on me. And she goes, um, I'll see you around. She walks away. And as she walks away, you think to yourself, like, this is it. This is my yeah. chance. You stand up and you kind of like, you notice there's like a like a, this like poster on the wall that kind of like catches your eye. Uh-huh. And it says, uh, Barbershop Quartet Competition, sponsored by the Lanolex Corporation. Yeah. Basically, you kind of look at it and you go, huh? And it says, you will win uh, $125,000 if you win this competition. Yeah. And underneath it goes, it starts in one hour. (laughs) What do you do? It starts in one hour? That's what it says. I would think to myself, oh, man. If that if it wouldn't have been so time sensitive, it says three two five Fifth Street, Aaron. And like you didn't notice that before, but you think to yourself, "Yeah, I probably just didn't see it." But sometimes you wonder, what do you do? I don't want to do this. Number one, because I'm not prepared. Yeah. Uh. I would have to reach out to the other lonesome friends who went to grade school or like middle school with me in Illinois and I'm living in Los Angeles. Sure. So how can I get them there in an hour? You kind of think that to yourself and you kind of like start gate, like kind of like looking off in the middle distance. Then suddenly you hear someone go, uh, Aaron, is that you? And you oh, go, huh? fuck you. Fuck you, Pat. You turn around and don't sitting in the chair, like sitting in one of the uh, booths yeah. are the three members of the Lonesome Friends. And, you, and you're like, and they go, what the? They go, Aaron, we thought that was you. They go, what are you doing here? I fucking live here. I fucking, will you guys just hang out? Like the three of them just hang out. He goes, uh, well, no, we're, we're, we're doing our yearly get-together. And they go, you know, we have texting you about it, but you never responded. Oh, I never responded? They go, no. And then they, they show you, like, he goes, dude, look. He shows you the phone, and it's all, like, text to you over the years about, like, getting together hanging out. And then you kind of go, what the heck? And you look at it, and you realize that, like, the number is off by one digit. So for years, they've been texting you to hang out and get together, but, like. How do none of them have social media? How do none of them send me a DM? Or anything I mean, like that. I'm just telling you what happens. So. How, then they all just like don't do any looking. They don't think, hey, our fellow band member 
like has never responded to any of us. He's like, I just assumed you were dead. Why would you assume that? And he kind of looks at you and he goes, because of the pact. And you remember that uh, the lonesome friends um, at the end of uh, middle school, they all ended up going to like different high schools. Yeah. And you guys kind of looked at each other and you were like, you said to one of them, uh, Jackie Johannesburg was one of them. Jackie Johannesburg. Yeah. And then th- there was also uh, Big Mitch. Uh, <laughs> and then there was a, a kid you just called Smokey. He was always smoking. You have no, like looking back on it, you have no idea why he didn't get in trouble. So, um, Jackie. <laughs> so, uh, what happened is, so you're talking to Jackie, and uh, you remember that time when you guys were all going to the different high schools, and it was like um, the end of like the school year, and you all looked at each other, and, and you go, you know, J- you know, Jackie, just because we're going to different schools doesn't mean that we can't still hang out. And then he goes, and then like uh, Big Mitch is like, yeah. You guys are the, are, are, are the only family that I've ever had. And Smokey just lights up. He's fucking stogie. And he goes, <laughs> wait, yeah, he's, he's always smoking a cigar, a cigar, cigarette. It okay. doesn't. Yeah. Okay. He's always smoking. something. But in this, and in it, this event, he has a cigar. Yeah. In this, as we're, as we're high school, as we're going into Leaving high middle school, school. we're yeah. in eighth grade and he's just, he just, he smokes on the grounds, dude. Like, he doesn't a give a fuck. Nothing ever happens. You don't really know why. And so um, he goes, Smokey goes, yeah, we'll still see each other. And then Jackie goes, yeah. He goes, definitely. And you can see him like fighting back tears because he was the most mature one out of the group. He knew that like you guys would probably never hang out ever again. Yeah. In spite of that, the three of them have maintained a relationship for years and just assumed that I was dead instead of looking in any further. But yet they continuously texted me every year. You, they reconnected uh, at a uh, high school reunion yeah. that you did not go to. I thought, and I thought none of us went to the same high school. Yeah, uh, you didn't. But what happened is all the high schools in 1999, they all uh, like formed one giant high school called, uh, <laughs> me- called uh, Mega High School. It's called Mega High. Yeah. And people... It's funny because looking back on it, it was clearly like a, like a, a gradual thing, kind of like how London started off as small, isolated villages that eventually bumped into each other. This is kind of what happens with these uh, schools. And these schools are like, my, this school is miles long, dude. It has uh, like- Like how many three, cities kids go there? Several. There's so many like uh, towns in, uh, in Illinois that then uh, I'm going there. Um, so mega high is like a a pretty intense place. Like it makes no sense at all. That makes absolutely zero sense. Well, it's just what happened. You know, we all met and at one central high school and all the local high schools went there. What happened was when you, when you, when, when you were in high school and stuff, that's not what happened when you were in high school. Um, it was like, uh, just different high schools. But then after you like graduated over the years, they eventually kind of connected. So that's where the high, that's why you all went to the same high school reunion. So you didn't go, uh, but they went and reconnected and, um, they're like, Hey, who has a uh, Brooksy's uh, phone number? And like, you kind of like, they kind of like piece it together from people. Like someone's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure there's like a three in it. I remember. Someone's like definitely not a three in my phone. Someone's like, there's a two oh two somewhere, but they they screw it up. They get pretty close, but they're off by one digit. See, it sounded like you were off by every single thing you just said there. 
But they, so, they eventually uh, narrow it down and almost get my phone number right. Yeah. So they're like, we just kind of thought you were dead. Yeah, well, that makes Cause, sense. Because anyway, so what happened was on that day when you when they guys decided like, oh, this is the last time we're going to see each other, um, everyone just kind of looked at each other like seriously. And Jackie was like, look, you know the rules. The lonesome friends text back. And they all you all say at the same time, the lonesome friends text, text back. back. So you guys like have like a, you guys just text each other and stuff. And like if you don't text back within like, an hour people get really worried that they, they like call the cops and stuff basically if you don't you, they go, you guys decide basically like you text back the only good excuse for not texting back is if you're dead so they thought that you were been dead this whole time like like one of them thought you got your head chopped off for some reason that's dumb i, I smoke but, but i guess like i would look at them and go man this seems like fate and Smokey goes what do you mean aaron he he takes out like a, this big fucking cigar yeah a big thick one Big and thick. You look at it, it's the thickest cigar you've ever <laughs> seen in your life. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it looks like a, like like a shotgun. It looks like a shotgun barrel. Jesus fuck. How? He just knows his stuff. All right. Do you tell do you tell him about the competition? Yeah, I would tell him. I would tell him the story. Hey, this place go, is great. And they and and and, and the, you, you tell you tell him the story and Big Mitch is like holy shit and he goes I he goes well I'm in he goes that was the best goddamn breakfast I've ever had in my life and he goes we owe it to the people of this city he gets really intense he like steps like stands up on like the table yeah. to enter this barbershop competition and win and like everyone turns and looks at him and they all start like clapping you see like several like cooks like uh, brushing tears away you know what I mean yeah yeah. And then, uh, and then he goes, "Let's do it! Come on, Aaron!" And then they all like pick you up on their shoulders and like Come carry on. you out. Let's not do that. Matilda looks over and she is like looking at you adoringly. Do you shout anything to her as you leave? Uh, I said, "I'm coming back." She goes, "Win it for me, baby." She blows you a kiss. I catch you the it. thing where yeah you can. I catch it immediately. I catch it and I eat it. Her face turns like bright red. She's like, holy shit. And so you guys leave. Uh, you go to this uh, play. By this time, it's about time to like enter the competition. Yeah. I mean, we had just about an hour, right? Yeah. And you get, you get there and uh, you guys are like uh, about to go up and there's like a like a judge kind of like an umpire kind of like running the show. Yeah. He's just got... He's he's dressed kind of like a like a like a nineteen twenties like Parisian nobleman. He's got like half a mask on, like the family opera. And he goes, "Welcome everyone to the barbershop beatdown." Everyone like claps and goes crazy. Don't like that. Well, it's not really a fight. It's just a clever name. And he goes, um, "I'm going to be emceeing this uh, this whole shindig. Uh, my name is Sebastian Silence." And oh, when no. he says when he says the word silence. Like five guys pop up out of nowhere, like literally out of like literally out of nowhere. Like, like one guy like kind of like peeks his head around the corner, and and like people don't remember seeing him there. One guy pops his head up from behind like a ta- like you know a fucking uh, chair. Yeah. One really small guy like 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 pops his head out of somebody's breast pocket, and they all go and they all go shh and disappear. <laughs> and he goes That's anyway. The worst bit on this show. 
What do you mean? It sucks so bad, Pat. What does? Sebastian Silence. So five different heads pop up. That was like they're all from they're all from five different like positions, and they're also five different guys, and they go, shh. So he goes, anyway, uh, you guys, the the barbershop beatdown, uh, the barbershop quartets are going to be judged on three different things. Okay. Singing ability. Okay. Arrangements. All right. For a moment, you kind of go like, yeah, you kind of like fist pump a little bit. Yeah. And attitude. Uh-oh. And he goes, up first, the lonesome friends? He's like reading it off a piece of paper. He's like, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, he goes, I'm sorry, is that the name? Yes. And he goes, all right, here they come. Show some you come fucking out. respect. You, you come know? out and like everyone, people are clapping. Like, like, like the crowd is into this, dude. Yeah. Like they are quartet heads. You know what Ted I mean? heads. So, the Ted heads. And so like basically. It's us and the, the people who love the Tet offensive. One guy uh, walks in. He's like uh, in <laughs> no. like a like a dress like a, a U.S. soldier <laughs> circa Vietnam, and he no. walks in and sees, and sees it, and he goes, "Whoop, wrong room," and like leaves. <laughs> and you're kind of like, "That was weird," but it doesn't break your concentration. You you guys start singing. You're singing boom, 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 boom. one of your best known hits, where it's like. Um, Give me some honeycomb, spit in my mouth, and tell me I'm pretty. Hey, everybody, come on down to my home. Bop, bow, bop, boo, wow. And so you sing that. It's me inviting people to humiliate me sexually in my home? That's the song. (laughs) Me asking for them to spit in my mouth? Come to my home? So you sing that song and like while a few people are like visibly put off by the lyrics, they're like, yeah. they go like, like Sebastian Silence goes, holy shit. And everyone starts clapping at the end because there's like a stunned silence and the judges are like, that was very good. So um, you guys end up getting um, to the finals yeah, and uh, you're up against uh, a, a barbershop quartet. Um, they're called the, um, the unknown singers. And they all wear uh, bags over their heads. Uh-huh. And like that's kind of their gimmick. That yeah. They're like the, un- the unknown singers. Sounds like it'd be, it would muffle what they're doing. Yeah. Well, the bass singer actually like d- takes one off once he starts singing just so people can actually hear him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he, he takes it off and he goes, he goes, are you guys ready to rock with it? Shit. Lightning oh, in no. the unknown singers, boom, 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 and they sing a song. Um, they actually just to fuck with you, sing one of your songs. That sucks. Why would you? They're do like, that? they're like, um, a Tyrannosaurus Rex couldn't scare me worse than the thought of not having you. But this is a barbershop quartet. Yeah, it's a a very challenging arrangement. A Tyrannosaurus Rex couldn't scare me worse than the thought of not having you. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So um, you're like you're like kind of rattled a little bit, but you kind of like look at the rest of the guys and you look them. It's almost like you guys you're looking at them all in the eyes at the same time. Like that's how deeply connected you guys are. And then you just go, huh, you call that a barbershop quartet? 
hit it, boys. Uh, Big Mitch starts uh, doing his bass line. Ba-dum, bum, bum. And we uh, do the, the curb theme. <laughs> no, you guys, uh, you you sing that uh, that Fly to the Valkyrie song. <laughs> what? But like a barbershop, that classical song. Yeah. That, that, or that Wagner song or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you, you sing it, but you do like a barbershop quartet <laughs> version of it. And... <laughs> People are stunned. Like you finish singing it, and there is a standing ovation that lasts for about forty-five minutes. That seems awfully excessive. And uh, Sebastian Silence runs up. He's like, "Oh my gosh, we have a winner!" The unknown singers all like slouch away. Jet Lightning is like crying. He's so upset. Good. They give you. Um, they go and here you go, and they give you like a check for a hundred. And twenty five thousand dollars. One hundred twenty five large. And you go, and, you, and they go. They ask you to give a speech, and you go. This is for the sunny side. Yeah. And everyone starts clapping, and you look up, and uh, you say that you see like Matilda is in the back of the room. Yeah. And you uh, jump off uh, the. Uh, she starts like running towards you with her arms out, like clearly to like embrace. You know what I mean? And yeah. you uh, jump off the stage. Yeah. Uh, and you uh, break both your legs. What? And you actually like fall through um, oh, the fuck ground. You. <laughs> fuck you. And land uh, on a bed of spikes. On a bed of spikes? Isn't this at a school or something? Yeah, but it was built on top of, uh, like, they didn't know this, but it was built on top of a, um, a torture chamber that they used in the, the Spanish Inquisition. They actually, like, it got so intense, they had to move it over here uh, to California. And so you, uh, like, go through and you're you're punctured so many times dude fuck you You matilda matilda screams until she passes out that fucking sucks so bad so bad but yeah sunny side up uh you know they stay open for they stay they stay open for another week and then they close great fuck who fucking cares i'm dead turns out their account was stealing from them You're fucking dead. That sucks. That was kind of cool. Yeah.